Hey friend, the juggle of motherhood and work can be crazy at the best of times. And well, then there's 2020. Things have been tough and I've had to really lean on my village in creative and out of the box ways. If you are feeling overwhelmed with your motherhood and work juggle, I would love to have you reach out to me to have a connection call. I get it. The juggle is real. And I would love to chat about your motherhood work juggle and leave you with some tangible tips, strategies, and resources that can help. DM me on Instagram or Facebook at Part-Time Jungle and let's connect. Motherhood and work. There isn't a right way or best way to juggle these, despite what you've heard or been told. No, really, there's not. Part-time work has been the best fit for me and my family, but it's tough to navigate any gray area of motherhood when you don't fit neatly in a box. My name is Tiana Fesh, and welcome to the Part-Time Jungle Podcast, where we are going to build conversation and community around swinging motherhood and work in a way that works best for us and our family. No matter your path, it's an adventure with highs, lows, and in-betweens. Let's explore together. Welcome to the Part-Time Jungle Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm excited to be here today with our guest, Matt Beauchamp a creative content manager and writer. Yes, today we are shifting gears and changing the rules and talking about the fatherhood work juggle. And I am so excited to have you here, Matt, to have this conversation with me. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. So Matt is a married father of two and a former stay-at-home dad turned full-time work-from-home dad. His day job is working as a creative content manager for a PR company, but he's probably better known as Dashing Dad through his blog, dashingdad.ca, and his social media accounts. As Dashing Dad, Matt has written for Calgary's Child, appeared on CTV Morning Live, came runner-up for Best Blogger in the Best of Calgary Awards, and is featured in top parenting blogs you should follow lists across Canada. Matt has carved out a niche talking about the best things to do with your kids in and around Calgary and partnering with local businesses and attractions to host giveaways. We are going to dive into the transition from being a stay-at-home parent to working full-time from the perspective of a father. I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. Me too. And thanks for that introduction. It's always weird to hear all your stuff in one in one spot. True story. <laughs> but you have an incredible bio. So I'm looking forward to learning more about your story and who you are and how you juggle it all. I would like to hear some more about your time as a stay-at-home dad and what that looked like for you and your family juggle and as well this is going to be a long question but what were some of the challenges you experienced what did you like about it and maybe as well what were some strategies or ideas that were helpful for you during that time 
Yeah, for sure. So my stay at home journey started. So we have two kids, uh, a daughter who's about to turn four and a son who's 13 months. So um, my son wasn't around yet. And it was right after the mat leave of my wife for our first daughter. So it just made sense at the time for our life that I'd be the one that stayed home. At the time, I was working as a freelance writer. Uh, my wife had a full time job and was just frankly making more money. So it, it made sense that she'd be the one that go back to work. Um, and I was able to still continue doing some freelance work while my daughter napped or at nights or on weekends. Um, and it was important to us that someone stay home with her. So it just made sense that it was me. Honestly, now looking back on that time, it, it, was, it didn't come without its challenges, but it was the most enjoyable time probably I've had as a parent so far. Getting to watch my daughter learn new things and, and getting to experience and show her new things. Of course, this was pre-COVID, so we were still able to go out and, you know, every day we could go to the zoo or go to Heritage Park or, you know, go to the park or go swimming or whatever it was. And it's hard to complain about getting out and just going to do fun things with your daughter every day. You know, we created a really amazing bond through doing that. It's funny as I was reflecting back on being a stay-at-home dad, uh, I was thinking about when, when I first right in that first transition from my wife being there all the time to my wife going back to work, I was afraid. I was afraid of, you know, I, am I going to do something wrong? Is my daughter going to get bored? Am I going to know what to do when, you know, X, Y, Z happens? And, and, and is she going to get bored? Am I going to get bored? Is this going to be terrible? Of course, you like everything in parenting, you just jump in and you, you figure it out as you go and it end up being amazing. But uh, it's funny now looking back on that, how how nervous I was to be a stay-at-home dad. T talking about strategies that, that helped for me as a stay-at-home parent, I, I need to be doing things. So, you know, the weekend and Sundays became the day of like, okay, on Monday, we're going to see these people and Tuesday, we're going to go do this and Wednesday, we're going to go do that. And I needed to have that plan as something to look forward to for us, but also something and an opportunity for my daughter to learn new things, experience new things. She's incredibly social. Uh, unlike myself, she gets that from my wife. She's very social and wants to be around other kids and wants to play constantly. So both for her and for myself, we were always going out and doing things. I can definitely relate with you on the needing to get out of the house and go and experience experience things and have that that plan were there some favorite places or things that you would frequent or do more often with your daughter yeah for sure a heritage park is i'm i'm a nerd and i like that that old timey stuff so going to heritage park whether it was winter or summer we got a season's pass there we spent a lot of time there we live in the deep south, so we did go to the zoo, but it's quite a bit of a drive. So going there at the time when she was that age, I'm like, okay, if we go at this time, she'll sleep on the way there, and then we can stay for this amount of time, and then she can sleep on the way home, and it won't disrupt, you know, nap time and stuff. Fish Creek Park, just getting out and exploring nature was always a place that we went. The Lake Bonavista Rec Center had a tumble time program that we'd go to where they could jump on the bouncy castles and play with balls and interact with other kids and stuff like that. And then we also put her in some, they're not swim lessons, but they're, they're with Swim Kids Calgary uh, that teach swim survival. 
Um, so teach kids what to do if they fall in the water and, and they go through a five week program and it's actually 10 minutes each day, which, does, which when I first heard about it, I was like 10 minutes, that's all they're going to do. And I've got to like pack her up and take her there and then take her home. But it, it actually turned out to be really nice where every morning I knew this is what we were doing for this amount of time. And then we could go on and do something else. So that was fun. And then, and then of course, just she has some cousins and my brother and sister both have kids and or my wife has a, a sister as well. And her parents are in town. So just seeing the family and, and that got us through our days. And a question for you. Did you find as a stay-at-home dad, were there any unique challenges or things that you faced in that role? Because I I know now I see, I see stay at home dads. I see dads more, I would say like our oldest child is 14. And when he was a baby compared to our youngest, who is now nine, I definitely saw an increase in the number of dads that I would see around the school and at the playground and that type of thing. Did you have any sort of interesting experiences with being a stay at home dad? It was interesting. So right before I became a stay-at-home dad, I I did some research on stay-at-home dad groups in Calgary, and I really didn't find very much. And I read a lot of horror stories about dads going to parks and having like police called on them because they're, they looked like the creepy dad hanging out at at a, or creepy guy hanging out at a park when really they're the dad of the kids. So I kind of went in and apprehensive as, as if, you know, okay, I'm going to have to like assert myself that I'm the parent and, you know, people are going to attack me for being home. And, but the, the reality for me was I super supportive from everyone. And and I met actually quite a few dads that were stay-at-home dads as well, just at just randomly out at places. I, I never had touch wood, I never had a bad encounter. And I I almost got too much support. Like it was almost a ridiculous amount of support. Like, okay, I'm still a parent. Like I don't need praise for getting my daughter lunch. And I don't need praise because I changed a diaper like moms have been doing that for hundreds of years like it it, I almost got too much praise for doing just basic parenting things but other than that it was an incredibly positive experience for me so fantastic to hear and I appreciate you sharing your experiences about that I wanted to ask you as well so you have a fantastic social media presence with your dashing dad blog and your social media accounts So how did Dashing Dad come to be? And what have been some of your top highlights with this and big takeaways? So my background is um, journalism. I I have a journalism diploma and I worked as a journalism for a while um, and then got into marketing and communications writing. So I've always been a writer, even back to being a kid. So then when I'm I'm a stay-at-home dad, and my daughter's napping and, you know, work as a freelancer was ebbing and flowing. I'm like, I need a creative outlet. Um, I'm also, I play music, but when my daughter's sleeping, I'm not going to be wailing on, you know, the guitar or the drums or something like that. So I needed a creative way to just get that energy out. So I started the blog and I actually wrote, I think 10 blog posts before I even told anyone I was doing it. So I, I wasn't promoting it. And I, I, I told my wife, but I didn't tell any of my family that I had it. So I had about 10 blog posts up. And then I, I thought, you know what, this is actually if it's becoming a bit of work. So 
if I'm going to put this energy in, I need to commit to doing this. And so uh, at the time I had, uh, you know, enough free time that I could build a website and put these blog posts out and actually promote it on social and and work to grow that social. Because uh, as you know, it it is work to do it. It does take quite a bit, especially going from the ground up. Um, So that first year was, yeah, just the writing and the growing and trying to get people to know that I exist. Uh, And I've been fortunate that I've had some success with that. As you mentioned off the top, I was on CTV Morning Live and been featured in Canadian Child Magazine and on Local Laundry's blog, as well as some top 10 lists across Canada. I I was fortunate to find a group on Facebook of Canadian dad bloggers from all across the country. And we've sort of helped each other with how to grow and who to talk to because the mommy blog niche is huge. And, you know, mommy bloggers have millions of people following Everyone knows people like Jillian Harris and stuff like that. But dad bloggers, there's really only, I'd say a dozen of us or so that consistently are writing across the country. So trying to get our voice out uh, in that landscape has been difficult, but we are helping each other to do it. And it's been, it's been fun. That's fantastic. And it really does take a community, doesn't it? And it's so nice that you're able to connect with some other like-minded dads and really support each other and help each other grow with that. And what would you say has been your top highlight from your dashing dad experiences so far? Honestly, it was being on TV. That, that was it. It was not really like a goal per se, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, if that ever opportunity ever came up, that would be pretty cool. I was, as a writer, I'm not, you know, I've got, I've got a face for radio and, and I'm not someone that ever dreamed of being on TV. So I was very nervous and, and it took a lot of energy out of me to do it, but I'm really glad that I got the opportunity to do that. And it's funny when this was last Christmas that I was on. And then my daughter saw me on TV and was like, but you're, but you're here and you're on TV at the same network. And it it blew her mind. So that, that was a very cool experience for sure. What was it that you were chatting about on there? Uh, Things to do around Christmas with the family. Yeah. So just talked about uh, some short day trips that people could do over the holidays with their family. That is fantastic. And I'm curious, how did you come up with the name Dashing Dad? What's the story behind that? I came up with, it wasn't even me that came up with the name Dashing Dad. I think it was my, uh, I want to give proper credit. I think it was my mom or maybe my wife that came up with it, but I wanted an alliteration name. Um, Names with alliteration are just more recognizable and and popular and, and easier for people to remember. So I was working on alliteration. I came up with a handful of them. Some of them were already taken. Uh, The social handles or the websites were already taken. So those eliminated those right away. And then I liked the, the play with dashing of it can be either, you know, I'm chasing my kids around or, you know, I'm sort of good looking. So I I liked that play on it and it just stuck. That's fantastic. Well, I think you've done incredibly well and I enjoy following you on social media and congratulations on all your success with that. That is fantastic. Yeah. So now obviously you've been in the midst of a bit of a transition time. So you've moved from being a stay at home dad to 
working full-time from home. So what has that shift been like for you and for your family? Well, yeah. So not only going through that shift, but then of course, like everyone else going through COVID. So it's, uh, it has been both a, a blessing and a curse. And there's been a, a bit of a struggle and a transition for sure. I, so I, I've been working home on or off for four or five years. So that part of it wasn't particularly new, but with the, the job that I'm working in now, I had been going to an office that we were renting and I was going two or three times a week to there. Um, and then with COVID, we of course lost that space. So I'm coming home and then I'm home. My wife is on mat leave, so she's home. The kids are home, and uh, I have young kids who are not quiet. So it, it just is uh, just something you're learn. We've we've learned to live with. Uh, I, I've sort of gotten into a routine. You know, I know what times that I'm going to have to be available to help out, and that's usually around lunch or nap times. So I do my best not to schedule meetings around there. I also announce when my meetings are every morning. I'm like, okay, I've got one at this time, this time, this time. Like, cannot be disturbed. Like I mentioned before, I, I play music, so we in our basement have a piano and a drum set and some guitars and stuff so even though it's two floors below where my office is you know suddenly I'll hear the <laughs> drums coming up through as I'm on a meeting and fortunately there's a lot of people you know at home and in similar situations so I've had the kids walk in on meetings and and have these interruptions but everyone is like yeah well, you know it's COVID time so don't worry I get it. Uh, I've become really adept at creating virtual backgrounds. Yeah. You know, my wife will put our son down for a nap and then is like crawling in the background to get the monitor while I'm, I'm like, it's fine. Everyone can see you. Don't worry about it. So, um, just, just learning to, to roll with it. And, and, you know, where it's a transition, it has been for sure, but everyone is in a similar boat one way or another. So um, just giving ourselves the grace that it's going to be a little messy. And that's just the way it is. It definitely can be a little bit messy. Yes. When our kids were home, they are currently at, back at school, but I was teaching my university classes and they were doing their emergency remote teaching upstairs, but I'd put sticky notes at the top of the stairs telling them that uh, I was teaching, please do not come down. But sometimes my students would hear like a herd of elephants upstairs in that. And it was just all part of the deal. And I mean, a lot of them were in the same situation as well with their kids at home. But definitely giving ourselves that grace is so important. And I should say, I'm, I've been incredibly fortunate that the employer I work for is very flexible with, you know, how I work and when I get my work done. They don't care when that occurs, as long as, you know, if I'm in a meeting that I need to be in or, you know, if I'm working at eight o'clock at night, once the kids go to bed, they don't care as long as the work gets done. So I have been fortunate that way as well. That flexibility piece with jobs is so fantastic as a parent, I think. It, it, just... it really is. And, and I hope that coming out of this, that that is an increased thing we see across industries oh. and with companies is I think COVID has shown that people are still capable of working from home. You don't need to be tied to your desk for nine to five or eight to four or whatever. And, and just cause you can't see me doesn't mean the work isn't getting done. So coming out of that, that more people see that. I agree. I agree. And I think now more businesses and companies and organizations are set up and have experienced all these incredible virtual tools that we have available to us. And 
And that flexibility piece can make, I think, a huge difference for everybody. Yeah, so I agree. It'll be interesting to see how that continues, hopefully, to play out once the world returns back to normal. For sure. I, I mean, soon. there's going to there's be a whole lot of changes, I think, that we can't even foresee of what comes out of this and 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 how our young kids like mine, how they grow up. And because really, my daughter hasn't known anything very different from this. Like when she looks back at being a child, she won't remember pre-COVID times. So how she then grows up from this point on will be interesting. And I'm trying really hard not to be like super sad about, you know, knowing the things that she uh, is probably going to do different or miss out on that I did as a kid, but uh, it'll just be different. And she, and she won't mourn a loss because she won't have known it. That'll just be for me to do. I know. I know. It's hard because it it, it wasn't even that long ago in mm-hmm. in the big picture of things. But it's interesting. We had a school council meeting with my kids, our youngest elementary school, And the principal really spoke at length about how resilient and adaptable the kids have been. And despite having to wash their hands and apply hand sanitizer like 20 times a day and wear masks in school and be distant and spread out, despite all those things, they're being incredible and they're learning and they're being very positive about things. And I think it it is hardest on the adults because we worry and fear them going through this experience and missing out on on the way that it was before. So yeah, you're right. It'll be interesting to see how our kids kind of come through all of this as well. And, and kids are just, they're so adaptable anyway. I mean, look, every year of their life, they're doing something new and they're trying something new. And, and so you know, this new experience for them is like, oh, well, this is how things are now. And, you know, it really is, yeah, the, the adults are even, you know, some teenagers that it's, it's more difficult for us to adjust to, I think, than it is for the kids. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. The number of new experiences that our children have is just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Uh, anytime I've had a, a new experience as an adult, I just at times find it so anxiety producing <laughs> and our kids face that all the time. Yeah. So yeah, they are quite amazing and remarkable. And I was wondering as well, so Working from home, as we've been talking about, has become much more common these days. And you've given a bit of a glimpse into what working from home looks like for you and the fact that you uh, are trying to organize your time and schedule meetings at times that sort of work best and and making sure that your family knows that uh, you're going to be on a meeting or a call and, and you need to have some space and quiet for that. Do you have any other kind of strategies or ideas around how you're sort of making that work um, that might be helpful for other people navigating the the same thing and struggling with that? I, I think the thing I've learned the most for me that has been hardest is getting like uninterrupted brain time where, you know, there isn't something that is distracting me so I can dedicate, you know, my brain space to the task I'm trying to do. And and I found I'm, I'm fortunate that my mom lives a couple kilometers away and has, you know, a, a quiet space or we have a co-working space through my work that I could go to if I want to. So the times where I really have something quiet that I need to get done without being interrupted, 
um, taking advantage of that has really worked for me because yeah, being at home, you know, my daughter will go get dressed and is really excited about what she picked out and will storm in. And and if I'm in the middle of doing something, it's like, okay, I have to stop that and, and give my attention to her and then go back to what I was doing and try and get that train of thought back. And I found that can be difficult. So as I mentioned, yes, setting up that routine has helped for me as best as we can set up a routine with a a toddler and a baby running around and, and then taking advantage of getting those quiet moments when I have to, or when I can. Yeah, it's, it's tricky and I can relate to you very much with that disruption when you really need to kind of sit down and get to something and then having to refocus again. It takes some time and energy to make that happen. Absolutely. And along with sort of the work angle, just one other question that I wanted to ask about that is obviously with your skill set and your success with your blog, you've obviously had great success in fostering and building community online. And I was wondering if you had any pieces of advice to share on that. How does one go about finding that village or creating that community and those connections online? I've had throughout my life and and both professionally and personally been incredibly fortunate to have people that will just give me their time to let me pick their brain. Um, and, and what I've learned from that is that people are willing, if you just ask, to tell them about what they do. So before I became a journalist, I was thinking about um, maybe I'll go into radio or TV or maybe I'll go into sound engineering. And I was thinking about a bunch of different careers. So I just reached out to people at CTV. I went to CJ92 and I talked to them and uh, I went to a sound engineering studio and I talked to them and I just asked questions like, do you like your job? How did you get into your job? Is it well paying if you were going to do it again? Would you go this path? Or what should I do? And um, through that, it helped me narrow down that I wanted to be a writer. And, and for Dashing Dad, it's been the same thing. I've reached out to, you know, some of the really popular uh, influencers and bloggers in the city, like uh, Mike Morrison and Rachel with Bows and Bentos and um, a few other people and just, how are, how are you doing? How do you do what you do? What, what are you willing to share with me? And some have been more forthcoming than others, but just, just, you know, putting yourself out there. I, I think genuinely people want to help other people succeed. And I don't, especially in, in a blogging and influencer space, we're not trying to be super competitive with each other we might look at each other and be like oh they're doing way better and I want to do what they're doing but like I'm not hoping that everyone else fails at the so that I can succeed so just reaching out and and I found people are incredibly willing to help if you just ask yeah I would absolutely agree and that's some fantastic advice thank you so much so in the part-time jungle we like to keep things very real because As often is the case, especially on social media, it can look and feel like everyone has it way more together than we do. But parenthood, of course, is definitely an adventure. So I was wondering, normally I ask moms about mommy mess ups, but I was going to ask you if you have a daddy mess up that you'd be willing to share with us. So some sort of uh, mistake or something you wish you had done differently or a learning opportunity that you've had as a dad. It was hard to narrow it down to just one because I've had a few. But so both of my kids are allergic to peanuts, which is 
just from a medical point of view, really odd because no one in either of our families is allergic to peanuts. I'm a diabetic, but have never had an allergy to a food ever. Both our children allergic to peanuts. So when we found out our daughter was allergic and I've never had experience with family members that are allergic to peanuts or anything like that. So we immediately got rid of every peanut in the house, peanut butter gone and anything. We found out so many things have peanuts in it. We didn't even know it was crazy. Uh, So we get rid of all the food. I go out with my daughter one day. I think we went swimming or something like that. I stop, we get some gas. And while I'm there, I'm like, oh, I really want a chocolate bar. So I get a Reese peanut butter cup, not even thinking. I'm just like a Reese peanut butter cup. Yay. So I'm at home, I'm eating it. My daughter's eating lunch and she keeps reaching like, I want, I want some of that. And I'm like, you've never had it. Of course you want some. So I give her a bite. She eats it, of course, breaks out in hives right away. And, and, and I'm racking my brain like, oh my God, what? what happened? You know, you had cheese, you had this, you had a piece of bread, you had nothing with peanuts in it. What could it have been? Completely having just a a brain fart that I had just given her peanuts. Um, And it wasn't until my wife came home and I'm telling her, yeah, she broke out. I have no idea what it was. And she's like, well, what is this Reese peanut butter wrapper right here? I'm like, oh no, oh, what was I doing? So fortunately, her reaction was only the hives, but uh, yeah, could have been could have been much worse. But it, it was a, a learning opportunity that I, I I really need to you know rethink how I had been doing things. Well, and it's so interesting because you know when you're in that moment, and I feel as parents, there's often so many things in our mind. There's so many things we're keeping track of and and organizing and. And it's so funny how in hindsight, you'd think, of course, right? Like uh, there's peanuts in the peanut butter cups, but in the moment, it's just not part of what you're thinking, right? No. And, and and when I go to the store, like that had always been my chocolate bar of choice if I was going to get one. So you don't even think about what the ingredients are. You're just like, this is what I have done. So yeah. 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 No, there's so many things. It's, it's funny how you just kind of are trying to do the very best you can. And these things happen. Like I, I've taken my kids to school and one of them didn't have any shoes or boots on their feet when we pulled up at the school or, or, you know, you start to leave the house and then you're sitting at the red light. I had this happen once and I realized I hadn't buckled up our youngest of three and just, you know, I think we all have these horrible moments. We're trying our very best and then we make a mistake and it's just how could that have possibly happened? But being a parent, it's a tough job. (laughs) And I, I, what's funny is I remember specifically from that incident, like I mentioned, we went to get gas and I remember being like, it's one of the first times I got gas with her alone. And I'm like, do I leave her in the car to go pay or do I bring her out? Uh, and I kept going back and forth. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to take her out. So I take her out and we go and we pay. And then I'm concentrating on buckling her back in and making sure she's safe. So the whole chocolate bar thing didn't even, didn't even register because I was so worried about this other stuff. No, it's so, it's so true. And I'll share with you, I've not ever shared this one publicly other than with a few friends, but it has a good lesson in it for parents. But I was getting gas at Costco when our youngest was still in the five-point harness. And I'm filling up and I go to open the door of the vehicle and it's locked. And I've left the keys in the vehicle and my cell phone in the vehicle. 
And he can't, he's not quite old enough to be able to unbuckle himself, but I'm trying to get him to use his foot or his hand to try and unlock the door. And I'm starting to panic because Costco gas station is a little bit on the busy side. So I end up, I, I don't know what to do. And, and it's the very first day of school. And my husband, he's now a principal, but at the time he was an assistant principal first day of school. So I borrow a phone from one of the gas attendants to call my husband and tell him what I've done. And so he has to go home, get our extra set of keys and come down to the Costco gas station so that I can get in the vehicle with our child who's starting to get rather upset um, because I didn't know what else to do. However, if this ever happens to anybody else, you can actually phone 311. I learned we have a, a friend who is a firefighter and you can tell them what you've done and they will send a cold fire truck. So no lights or sirens and they will help you to get into your vehicle. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> oh yeah. It was just and your kid gets the experience of seeing a fire truck. So <laughs> right. And you know, Slightly, I don't know, a little all embarrassing to have to have that happen, but it's good to know that. And I guess I can appreciate why. So thankfully it wasn't a really hot or really cold day, but that right. could present to be a, a, a dangerous uh, situation for your child. So And you're starting to wonder like, okay, can I smash this window? <laughs> <I> <laughs> oh, it was just the worst feeling. So thankfully my husband still loves me and <laughs> our child was not too traumatized by the incident. <laughs> And I have gone back to that Costco, so we're okay. And before we wrap things up, I was just wondering if you have any final thoughts or words of wisdom for dads or moms who are listening who might be looking for some inspiration or support with their own parent work juggle. I I think ultimately, and in, in my certainly my wife and I's philosophy is there's no right or wrong way to raise your kids. As long as you're doing it with love and trying your best, every child is so different. Every situation, every family situation is so different. There, there really is no right or wrong way to do it. We're all trying to do the best job we can. We're all doing amazing. You know, there's good days and bad days, but really, you know, having some some grace with yourself when things aren't going well, but also taking that time to recognize the wins when you have them because your, your kids love you and, and love spending time with you. And I think we as parents make things out a lot, a lot worse than they often are, especially from the eyes of a young child. So there, there really is no right or wrong way to get through this. Thank you, Matt. Thank you so much for being here and for sharing your story, ideas, and knowledge with us today. If our listeners want to learn more about you and all the amazing work that you do, where are the best places to find you? Uh, my blog, dashingdad.ca, and I'm on Instagram and Facebook as dashingdadyyc. Fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us today. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to the Part-Time Jungle podcast. I'm your host, Tiana Fesh. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Part-Time Jungle and on my website, www.theparttimejungle.com. I would love if you would subscribe to, rate, and review this podcast. Your feedback and support are so appreciated. 
see you next time where we will continue to explore the motherhood jungle together.